Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. We give you praise. We give you the glory. We give you the answer. You are worthy of the rising of the sun to the going down of the sun. We're not going to fight. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise.
Amen. The Lord bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you once again in the mighty, the precious name of Jesus Christ, our soon coming King, our strength and our Redeemer, our very, very present help in times of trouble. This is another beautiful day our Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are very glad in it. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working 
on our most recent topic entitled, Who Do You Side With? Who do you side with? A very important question that each one of us will give an account of um, on judgment, who we have sided with. Capital A in our outline, two of you agree. And be very careful who you choose to agree with because the wrong agreement can get you and I in very serious trouble. Matthew 18, 19, Luke 9, 49. Capital B, be careful with advice. Just like the wrong agreement can get us in trouble, the wrong advice can get us in trouble. 2 Samuel 17, 7, 1 Kings 12, 14. Capital C, choose life. Even though God gives us the freedom and the, the privilege to be able to to choose death if we want to, God wants you and I to choose life. Deuteronomy 30, 19, Joshua 24, and 15, capital D. Didn't believe him? You won't believe me. Didn't believe him? You won't believe me. Looking at individuals, they, they, they don't want to believe God, so they don't want to believe the prophets of God, or they won't believe the prophets of God because they're not believing the God of the prophets. Either way, either way, they're saying the same thing. Looking at John chapter 5. Verse 4, we looked earlier today at John chapter 5, verse 47. It's going to bring us down to Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 7. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 7. Let's see what the Lord has in store for us this evening. From the New International Version. Our scripture reads, the Lord, speaking to Ezekiel, says, But the house of Israel is not willing to listen to you, because they are not willing to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hardened and obstinate. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 7, the Lord said, But the house of Israel is not willing to listen to you, because they are not willing to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hardened and obstinate. Capital D in our right line. You didn't believe him? You won't believe me. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, again we pray. We thank you, Father, for another day, another opportunity to worship and praise you, King of kings and Lord of lords. We magnify you. We exalt you. We beseech you, Father, in the beauty of your holiness, once again, forgive us of our sins and our iniquities which we have committed against you. We ask, Father, that you will continue to lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness for your namesake. Speak to us, through us, and for us, Father, that we may be blessed and, and our hearers may be blessed. Give us a right division, sound doctrine. Take us deep into your word through and by your spirit that not only the word of God may go forth, but the spirit of God may go forth. We trust, Father, that as your word goes out tonight in the four corners of the earth, it will do what it was purposed and accomplished to do in the lives of your people. Have your way, Father, in our midst, and we will forever give your name all glory, all the honor, and all the praise. This is our prayer in Jesus' mighty and precious name. We pray. Amen. And amen, Ezekiel, the prophet, Ezekiel, the priest. The name Ezekiel means God strengthens. God strengthens. Ezekiel needed 
We all need the strength of God, but sometimes God has to give us a little more strength when we have different tasks set before us. The strength needed to be an apostle is a little different than the strength needed to be a pastor or to be an evangelist. The strength needed to be a prophet is a little different than the strength needed to be a, 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 on the motherboard. There's a strength, there's a strength that you and I need for what God has called us to do. Everybody doesn't have the same strength in the body of Christ, just like everybody doesn't have the same strength in the natural. You take uh, this congregation right in the weight room right now, put the bench press, put you up under the bench press, every one of you will lift a different amount in the natural. And so it is in the spiritual. Different, just like we have different graces, we have different strengths, we have different weaknesses. We don't all have the same weakness. Your weakness may be this. My weakness may be that. So understand that Ezekiel had a particular task that God was sending him to do. It's not an easy task. You know, God was sending him, and I often feel a lot like that. You know, God was sending Ezekiel to a hard-head bunch of folk. Hard head generation. Oh, I feel like Ezekiel most most days, most days. But what God said He was going to do was that He was going to make Ezekiel's forehead harder than flint, harder than the hardest stone. In other words, as stubborn and rebellious as as the house of Israel, God said, "I'm going to make you even harder. I'm going to make you even more unyielding. I'm going to make your will stronger than theirs." Just as they're going to be working hard to try to shut you up, I'm going to give you, I'm going to empower you, I'm going to strengthen you, that you keep right on talking. God strengthens. He was a prophet among the captives that were taken to Babylon during Jerusalem's first fall, somewhere around 600 B.C. One of his contemporaries was Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was still living in Jerusalem, whereas Ezekiel had been taken captive uh, uh, into Babylon. He was born into a priestly lineage. He come from a long line of priests, had a very serious encounter with God and four living creatures that he constantly, constantly would speak about in great detail. Uh, now, for about five years, Ezekiel constantly prophesied, along with Jeremiah, the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple. A lot of people didn't want to hear that. A lot of people didn't want to believe that. A lot of people were like, no, 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 everything, everything good, everything good. Jeremiah and Ezekiel was like, no, 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 his temple is getting ready to go down. Jerusalem is getting ready to go down. And sure enough, the temple and Jerusalem went down. So here we are in Ezekiel chapter 2 with the call of Ezekiel. And if you look at verse 3, the Bible says, He, or the Lord, said, Son of man, I'm sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They have, they and their fathers have been in revolt against me to this very day. Now, you say, Apostle, well, why is this important here? Well, well, you need to understand that your call, every one of us as a child of God has a call from God. In other words, you you know, 
you, you and I are not just parts of those who have been called, but you and I have also been chosen, mm-hmm, chosen for a specific task, a specific function, a specific duty in the body of Christ. Ezekiel was called, and God gave him very, very specific instructions. He says, I'm sending you to the Israelites. So, so understand that God has got a target group for your ministry. Your target group may be women. Your target group may be uh, 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 men. Your, t- your target group may be black men. Your target group may be Asian Asian farmers. God's got a target group. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not able to minister to other groups, but there's a particular group that God has really given you to go ahead to hit home with. A particular, particular, now, um, the Lord said, I'm sending you to the Israelites, watch this, to a rebellious nation. Now, understand this, and God is dealing with me this right, this right now in my spirit. Different people go through different stages at different times. Hmm? What? Different people go through different stages, what? At different times. All right, all right. So 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 what is God letting us to know? You know, some some people go through puberty at, at 11, 12 years old. Other people go through puberty at 14, 15 years old. Different people. They go through different stages. Some people experience uh, a divorce at 21. Some people uh, uh, mess around and, and then live for 40 years with their husband or wife and have experienced divorce at 61. Different people go through different, you know, different stages at different, different things at different times. Look at what God says. I'm sending you first to a specific group. We've got that. Who is the specific group? The children of Israel or the Israelites. But then he says, to a rebellious nation. Now, why is that important? That's important because Israel went through cycles. See, that Israel wasn't always rebelling against God. That, that character that kind of characterized their move. But there were times after God especially would blast them or beat them or allow them to be chastised or taken away by some. They would listen. They'd be just like sheep. Well, some of us be the same way. Oh, yeah, we can say a lot to you after you done lost that job. But now, you know, oh, we can say a lot to you after, after that husband or that wife done died. But now, oh, we can say a lot to you now that you done had that accident or you done had that injury. Now you sit down and you want to hear something. See? Well, that nation of Israel was no different. After God would blast them, after God would go off, they'd be ready to listen then. Oh, what did he say? Moses, what did he say the Lord say out there? What do you say? Yeah, after God done got you, God's thing is, look, if you will do like I'm telling you, I ain't got a gift yet. You can li- well, listen out there under the sound of my voice. I don't know who you are, where you at, and what you went to, but I want to encourage somebody under the sound of my voice. You can live beyond, you can live above God's butt whoopings. You say, Apostle, is, that, is it possible? It is, it, it is possible to live above God's butt weapons. What, me, I do a lot of travel. A lot of travel. Got a few weeks here left here, and then got to get on down to Ghana for, for some very serious programs there. The pastors and bishops contacted me today. They got getting everything together in a number of, number of states in Ghana. But one of my most uh, troublesome times in flying Oh, I'm going back and forth across the Atlantic, back and forth to Europe, back and forth to here. But one of my moves, back and forth to the Middle East, back and forth 
back and forth, South Africa. Back. But one of my most troubling times is when we are trying to get above the clouds. The airplane, you know, there's a, there's a certain way the atmosphere be doing and stuff, but then when you're trying to get above the clouds. Now, you know, the process can be a little rough. It can be a little, little, little but once you get up there and level out, you know, they turn the seatbelt signs off. You can walk around a little bit, but you got to get above. You got to give. Sometimes you got to get above what they call turbulence. Sometimes you got to get above what they call rough air. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? You and I, children of God, God has made this thing possible for you and I to live and to walk above the butt whooping of God. Now, see, some of you all understand my voice. All you know is the butt whooping of God. If I mean on Monday, you get your hind part toe up. You go right into Tuesday, you get your butt whooped. You go right into Wednesday, you get your good spanking. You go right into to Thursday, you get your jaws jacked. You just, all you know is the butt whooping of God. What did God say? They want to say something about me. Call it Stormy Monday, Tuesday, just as bad. I don't know if that's a song. But you just keep right on. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? That if we will just tweak our behavior a little bit in some things, tweak some things, do some things a little differently, sensitize ourselves a little bit more to the, to the voice of God, to the unction of God, we can, we can get above them butt whoopings now. Start moving when God say moving. Your children can live above butt whooping. Oh, I learned at a very young age. Now, I didn't always do it, but I learned how to live above butt whooping as a young man. Do like daddy say. Oh, it wasn't. It, listen, children of God, it, that, that, that right there. See, some of y'all ain't never had good butt whooping by parents. So you carry some of that same nonsense that you, that you did with your parents right on the God. Parents should be an example. They should, they should provide us an example of how God operates. Do like you're supposed to do, all well and good. Don't do like you're supposed to do, I'll beat your butt. Very, very simple. See, and when, when, when young people have that kind of example, it'd be easy for them to understand God. It'd be much easier, much easier. Because they've seen that concept at work. Why was it the Roman centurion was able to understand the kingdom of God so easy? Because he had seen that kind of thing in operation. I'm a man under authority. I got them under me. When I tell this one, come go, he come go. When those over me tell me, come go, I come and go. So he said, look, I understand. Just, just, just do like your superior say. Jesus, just say the word, and I know my servant will be healed. I don't need you up under my house. I don't need you to see all of what God I got, what I got going. I know you already know, but I don't need all that. Just say the word. I understand. How, say the word. I understand how military works. Jesus said, look, I have not seen what? Such great faith in all Israel. Why? What is he saying? I done seen how this, I've seen how this thing works. I done seen this before, Jesus. I done seen something like this before. A lot of times cats that can work on car engines real, real good, you mess around and take them and, and, and show, them how, show them an engine in a, in a plane. Might have to, you know, adjust one or two things, but they ought to have a pretty good idea. You take a character that can coach uh, 12-year-olds real, real good. Now, you take him and put him with, with, with a high school team. You, you know, I got moved from junior varsity to the varsity coaching position. Why? Because I did pretty good with the junior varsity team. To God be the glory. 17-2, 16-4, 13-7. All right, let's see how you do. Let's see if you can take that right there. 
to the next level, man. Right? Well, so it is. We come down to the, the things of God. God got some patterns. Now, every now and then he'll break up a pattern on you. So you don't want to get too locked into the pattern. But God has got some patterns. There's certain things God do every day. Certain things God do every day. Now, you need to understand that there's going to be some things that he's going to stop doing. There's going to be some things that he going to, that people have gotten used to God doing every day that God going to stop doing. One of the things he's using as an example, manna rained down on the people about a good 40 years, and all of a sudden they went into the promised land, and God shut it down. Shut it down. See, you and I, we're used to the breath of life. We're breathing. See, that's your spirit that God has given to you and I. That's your human spirit still inside your mortal body. God said one day your spirit ain't going to be in your mortal body no more, my brother. I'm going to take that out of there. I'm shut it down. And this body that you are in is going to see. Now, look at my body. You know, I'm in here. Look at me in this big old body. Lord, put me in this big old body. Big old six foot five. I like it, though. I kind of like it. You know, I feel kind of like, what was that movie, the Avatar, when they took the guy that was, you know, had him in a wheelchair and he couldn't hardly do, and they put him in one of them uh, Avatar bodies and stuff, and he was like, man, you know. This is it. Well, the real, the essence of us is inside of these things. It's inside of these earthly bodies. Oh, I can learn a lot about you by looking how you take care of that earthly body. Yeah, yeah. Because this is the real temple. No, it's not these church buildings. Adversary done, done deceive some of us into thinking that these church buildings, oh, be careful. The Lord is in his, is in his house. Well, it ain't this, these church buildings that's the Lord's house. It's you and it's me, child of God. Come on, let's finish this up now. Where was that? I'm sending you to the Israelites. Watch this, to a rebellious nation. So look at what God is saying. God said, look, I'm sending you to these people at a particular stage in their development. Everybody's not always sent to you throughout your life. Everybody that's sent to you is either sent to you, and I had to share this with one sister from Kenya earlier today, for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime. Everybody, everybody that you ever meet, they are either in your life for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime. There are some people that you meet, and they just came into your life just for that reason. You never see them again. i never forget one man dressed in blue. I went out of town. Going, the Lord told him, sent me out of town. I didn't know nobody in the town. The Lord said, when you get to the service station, you, when you get in town, you'll see a man dressed in blue. I looked over, drove up in a service station. There was a man over there dressed in a blue jumpsuit from head to toe. God said he'll show you exactly where you need to go. This was before I'd ever gotten in town. I said, sir, do you know where uh, Deacon such and such? He said, follow me. Took me right to the house. I haven't seen him since, at least not that I'm, to my knowledge. Now, you want to be careful with folk that just come into your life for a reason because it could be an angel could be God himself, packaged in the likeness, again, of, of human, human, uh, human, in the likeness of human, sinful man. Then there's people that be in your life for a season. Some people that come into your life, there's some people God will send you away, and, and when you're really going through something, 
they'll I mean they'll be there, they'll help build you up, encourage you. Then all of a sudden when they, when the when the problem gone, they be gone. So you got what well, you got fair weather friends, but then you got some rough weather friends. Come on, somebody. Goodness gracious, that's a new one. Fair weather friends, when things is going real, real good, they ready to be around you. But it's them rough weather friends. Them the ones. I mean, when you just lost that job, they there. When you just had that divorce, they there. When you just found out that you got the HIV, they there. Rough weather friends. Things is difficult when hell done broke out, seem like, and you're like, rough weather friends. Well, you got some fair weather prophets. And you got some rough weather prophets. God said, Ezekiel, I'm sending you like a rough weather prophet. Israelites going through a pretty rough time, pretty rebellious time. They're going to have to hear some hard messages from me through you to them. See, that's the essence of prophecy, from God through the prophet to the people. Lord gave me a capital L one time. Show me how prophecy works. God at the top. You right there is the prophet right down there at the bottom. And then as it goes out, then the people be out there on that point. Come on, saints. We're going to close this. To a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me, they and their fathers have been in revolt against me to this very day. Now, understand this now, because you've got two types of rebellion. There's a rebellion that some of us fall into just kind of a temporary thing. Ah, we done got ourselves into a little something, but we come on up out of that. But then there's a rebellion that has been coming down through generations. There's a rebellion. There's a rebellion that some of us is in. Your great-granddaddy had a problem with that. Your granddaddy, your, your, your granddaddy had a great, your great, your, your father, your, uh, this is a, this is a little different kind of rebellion that Ezekiel is being sent to minister to. And when you're dealing with people a lot of times with generational sins, that's a little different warfare. Now, they didn't just fall into it. Uh, and I got to give it to him in human terms, Robert. Thank you, Father. I, I just thank you. For your mind, I thank you for your, your revelation. I thank you for your problem. You mess around and get your car stuck in the mud, a little stuck in the mud. You might can get the boys. You might can get out and push it yourself. Or you might can get one or two characters to give you a push. But you sit there for a while and rev the engine, and it spins, 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 and get deeper, deeper, deeper. And that's what happened around here with one of the things years ago. I told them, don't drive in the back of the Christian Center. It's been raining a lot. It's, they're going to go back there anyway. And got the car so stuck that it won't funny. Want a situation where we could just go push it? Want a situation where you get two or three of us to try to lift up on it, put some uh-uh? It was down in there. And 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 one of the most uh, God has, has spoke to me so many times through what happened. Ended up having to call the wrecker. And I was like, now how in the world is the wrecker going? When the wrecker pulled up in my mind, I was like, now how in the world is the wrecker going to get this car as dug down into that mud? And as wet as that ground, how are he going to get back there to get the car out? I'm thinking they're going to hook the chain up. They're going to drive back there, put the chain. Get that out your mind. I'm hearing the wrecker man in my mind, in my spirit, saying, get that out your mind, son. You don't know how a wrecker works. What the wrecker man did is he went out there and he checked the ground. He checked the ground. Found out where the ground was real, real soft and real, real wet. And what he didn't do was drive there. Drove to the place where it was firm. And stopped. I was like, doggone, he can, what is he going to do? 
and off the front of the truck pulled out a long, long cable to the car that was crazy enough to be driven back there in the soft ground, hooked it up, and stayed on dry ground, and hit the button. And that long cable pulled that car right up out of that mud and pulled it right on back to dry ground. I said, goodness gracious here. If that don't have some spiritual significance, glory. God don't need you in the club shaking it fast trying to win no soul to Christ. God is not sending you and I into sin to pull anybody out of sin. God is calling for you and I to do just like Jesus, stay out of sin and reach and pull them in. Grab a stick, put it over. That's right. One of the things using that as an example. If you ever get caught up in quicksand, somebody that's with you that's free, they don't jump in there with you and try to save you, or they're going to be in trouble. Get a stick. There we are. Right back to what I told you all about lifeguarding. Reach, throw, then go. Reach. At first, you need to stay safe. Even on a plane, you know, there a lot of time in the plane direction, they be telling you, you know, if it's a case of a loss of cabin pressure, put your mask on first. Then help children or elderly or whoever else. You sitting there trying to help the baby get their mask on, and you mess around and pass out. Now somebody got to come and do CPR on you up there in 40,000 feet. Let the husband man be the first partaker of the fruit. All right. So God has, has got this thing straight. Now listen to what he says. He said, he said now, son of man, I'm sending you to the Israelites to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people whom I'm sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Whether they listen or fail to listen, they, uh, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. See, this to me, that's, some, that's a beautiful part of your calling right there. Beautiful part of your call. See, I ain't got to lose no whole lot of sleep about y'all out there under the sound of my voice or y'all in here right here. Got to lose no whole lot of sleep. No? Terrible thing for your son or your daughter end up in hell. Lord knows it's a terrible thing. Got to be. Got to be. But if you as a parent, as a father, as a mother, it's a terrible thing for a congregation member, you know, or for your listeners. I'd hate for any of y'all out there under the sound of my voice end up in hell. And be in hell and be talking about, you know, trying to tell the devil you want to listen to that, uh, Apostle Brian, you want to listen to that teaching word. You want to get another chance to listen to that teaching word so you can do all the call and devil be like, shut up, shut up and burn, and you don't get a chance. be a terrible thing. But what we got to understand is that whether you listen or whether you fail to listen, the important thing is not, as far as I'm concerned, whether you listen or fail to listen, God said, look, what you going to know when this, when these words, God said, when these words come from me through, the, that, when these words come through my servant, God said, you going to know that a prophet has been among you. Oh, man, I be telling folk all kind of stuff all over the world all kind of time. Some folk believe. Some folk don't believe. I've told good friends of mine, man, look, man, you need to, you know, you need to, God has sent me here to tell you something. But if I'm just saying something, then you can be like, but when I get serious. And say, look, God done told me, you need to take that very, very serious now. 
Oh, man. You know, I've had individuals, I told them, God said, now you need to, you know, tighten one or two things up. You know, <laughs> you know, that folk don't say it. Folk don't say it. You know, they be respectful. I call it respectful rebellion. Be like, oh, okay, okay. Hey, I appreciate it. But don't make the necessary changes or don't listen and mess around and disaster. Get them so fast, it won't even be funny. I call it respectful rebellion. You know, a lot of times folks don't just come right out. Oh, ain't nobody trying to hear that stuff you're talking about, Boss Brian. But, you know, it's like a quiet rebellion, you know, kind of like a silent poop. That's trying to turn the whole place out, turn the whole elevator out. People come running out the elevator. Ain't nobody even heard that. Just really. And you, son of man. Do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns all around you, and you live among scorpions. Now, this is describing the character of the people that Ezekiel had to deal with. What are three words to describe? Briars, thorns, and scorpions. Now, what is God trying to paint an imagery of? These are things that you don't like running into in the natural. Ain't nobody. We have worked out. I still got a rash on my arm right today. I'm going to have to see somebody behind this. We're cleaning up one of the ministry houses. we all out there, thorns, briars, you know, snake, big old snake skin over there. We know what that means, that a snake got to be bigger than that skin. The skin was huge, and that means that the snake it found that too little. So we know we, we was out there, and briars, stuff that you ain't trying to run into. That's what God is saying the Israelites is like. Just folk that you ain't trying to run, like stuff that you ain't even trying to run into, stuff that you would normally avoid at all costs. I remember once I was staying one one great man of God in Nigeria. He stayed in kind of rough, rough area. And messed around one night, and uh, we had to kill a scorpion in his house. I, he was like, oh, Apostle, everything is okay. I'm like, man, it, no, it's not, man. That's a scorpion right there. It was a little, a little scorpion. He said, oh, Apostle, oh, they, they be running around there. I said, man, that's a scorpion. That's a scorpion. Stuff. So these are people. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? I, I understand that sometimes we got to minister to people that you really rather not even have nothing to do with. Briars, thorns, scorpions. This is stuff that will tear you up. You say, Apostle, what, what is God trying to let us understand? That sometimes God, you know, God has sent me to, to minister in the Niger Delta region. Well, you say, Apostle, what's the big deal about that? That's why they were kidnapping uh, 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 expatriates a couple years ago. Kidnap them, take them out in the bush, wrap their head up, right in the Niger Delta region. Read about it online. God sent me right there. In fact, one of the pastors told me, sir, if Apostle, some of the militants were at your crusade. I said, what? So they left their weapons home, but they were there. In fact, one of them came up, gave his life to Christ after I shared my testimony. Great, big, tall, rough-looking character. I looked at him and said, I'm what you want. So I want to be saved. I said, come in. People started mumbling, murmuring. I said, repeat after me. Gave his life to Christ. The next day, the pastor was like, Apostle, we were really worried about you when uh, such and such came up. I was like, why? He said, everybody know he's wanted for murder and, and kidnapping and all kind of things. I said, oh, that's what everybody was murmuring about. You're going to have to deal with some situations. You're going to have to deal with some folk. You're going to have to deal with some environments and ministry that you would rather not. Briars, thorns, scorpions. 
God said, that ain't what's important. God said, what's important is that they know that a prophet has been among them. Don't be afraid what they say or terrified by them. Though you, though they are a rebellious house, you must speak my word. You must. See, some of y'all out there on the sound of my voice that really ain't got this thing yet. God ain't revealed Christ in you yet, but you keep right on listening. You don't even know why. We know why, but that's all right. Some of you all saying, why won't he just shut up? Why he keep right on telling us about it? Why, why, why? Because I must. God says it's a must. See, you might end up in hell out there on the sound of my voice, but I don't want to be on my watch. Some of you are. You might end up in hell. You might. I don't want it to be on my watch. I don't want God to be saying, well, how come you didn't talk to my people for me? You know the place was real, and you knew the way out. How come I don't want to be standing before God looking that stupid? I got enough stupid stuff to be standing before God for. Not that now, Lord. I, Lord let me just say, all right. It's a must. You, God said you must speak my words to them. Some of you all got to understand, I'm compelled to do this. I'm compelled by a force that you can't even fathom, that you can't even imagine. But it's just like some folk is compelled to go to Las Vegas and lose all the money. Some folk is compelled to go to prostitutes and spend up all their money. Some folk is, compe- some folk is compelled to tell you what God say, to speak God's word in the generation that they are in. So you must, God said, you must speak my word to them. Whether they listen or fail to listen, they have a rebellious house. God said, that's not the issue. God said, but what is the issue is that you must speak my word. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Don't rebel like the rebellious house. Open your mouth. Eat what I give you. Eat the word, in other words. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me, and it was a scroll, which he unrolled before me on both sides of it were written words of lament, mourning, and woe. In other words, the words that God was feeding Ezekiel to speak to the people were words of lament, mourning, and woe. In other words, a lot of bad stuff can be happening, y'all. Why? Because y'all been doing a lot of bad stuff. Message normally be one thing to people that's doing a lot of good stuff. Message be another thing to people that's doing a lot of bad stuff. They don't gather up the worst students in school come awards day. They don't gather up the worst school, the hardest head, knucklehead, jokers that skip the most class, jokers that fail the most class, most subjects, and bring them up and give them award. I have, I've been in school a long time and hearing about schools, I ain't never seen the knucklehead award. And now we would like to bring up little Johnny. And while little Johnny coming up, all his parents there, everybody all just up. Little Johnny missed the most days out of school and, and caused the most disturbance. He was in, in school suspension more than anybody else that we've ever had at our school. Put your hands together. And, no, I ain't never seen I ain't never seen nothing like that. So the Lord said to me, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. Now, this is, this is a word for ministers. You know, if you're going to minister to God's people, you've got to have something to minister to God's people. You can't lead where you don't go. You cannot teach what you don't know. You cannot give what you don't have. You've got to get something in you in order to get something out of you. 
eat this word, eat this word. So I opened my mouth. He gave me to eat the scroll. Then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you. Fill your stomach with it. Well, what is this? This is symbolic of Ezekiel filling himself up with the word of God. Good ministers, good men, they, they got to fill themselves up with the word of God. Because they got to pour it out. I can't pour no juice out of a cup and I ain't putting none in. What is wrong with you? I'd like some of you all out there that don't think ministry or teaching the word of God is work. I'd like to see some of you all try it, right, steady, for, for, for a good week. I, we had one of, the, one of the sisters years ago when we were building a church building here. And uh, we had gotten to the place. We'd gotten the walls up. And you know, some of the brothers, we were in here sweating like pigs. It was hot. We were in here sweating like pigs, putting sheetrock up four by eight pieces of sheetrock. I know they got to weigh about 45, 50 pounds. And we got to hold them up, holding them up in the air while one cat be drilling, drilling into the into the two by fours. And we holding them, arms burning. We sweating. He's just a sweating. One of the sisters came in. Oh, Pastor, y'all ain't doing nothing. We were like, what? Oh, come on, that's sheetrock. What, what is the problem there? What, what's going on? Y'all ain't doing nothing. Didn't look like much to her. I said, come here, sister. Come here. Oh, Pastor, why are all y'all in here grunting and sweating all like this? You're just putting, ain't nothing but some sheep. I said, hold that right now. She said, hold about one piece. Now, we had done probably about half the church. She hold one piece, start shaking, you know. We drilling. Like, Come on, sister. Hold us right here. And she, and she said, Pastor, forgive me. I said, for what, sister? She said, I got a whole new respect for men that work in sheetrock. And we just all kind of busted out laughing. We used to have possible while you driving there. See, a lot of times you you don't know how how, how a thing is. Till you jump down there and start trying to do it. Oh, it don't look like much. Oh, posse all up there. You know. I one one pastor said something to me in uh in Pretoria, South Africa. She said, Apostle, do you know that 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 preaching one hour is equivalent to working about eight hour a day? Preaching one hour a day. I was like, no, I hadn't. I had never heard that before. You know, preacher. Uh, I don't know where she read it somewhere. So I mean, I believe that there may be some truth in it. So I, I feel pretty good now uh, about preaching about about two to three hours a day because I know when I worked on my natural job, I'd work about sixteen, seventeen hours a day. So if preaching one hour is about like work hours a day, then preaching two hours about like sixteen, seventeen hours worth work. But I feel about the same to me. I feel about the same to me. Speak. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Now, now understand something. It, it tasted, The word tasted sweet to Ezekiel. But when it was unrolled, what he had to say to the people, it was words of lament, mourning, and woe. You said apostle woe sound like a contradiction. There ain't no contradiction. Understand what it is. The word of God is sweet to them that want to obey it. But it be very better, kind of bitter like to folk that want to kick against it. All right. I want to understand one of the things he's talking about using as an example here, coconuts. So you don't particularly like coconuts. Well, there's others of us that do like coconuts. 
So that experience of eating coconut is one thing for those of us that like it. The experience of eating coconut is a whole other thing to them that don't like it. Or take something that people are allergic to. Some people are allergic to peanut butter. I think uh, uh, Deacon was telling us when he was here. You know, well, man, we love some peanut butter, man. Put some peanut peanut butter in jelly sandwich, glass of milk. Goodness gracious, man. Put some peanut butter on some crackers, man. We're going to do something. Peanut butter, clutch, chocolate cover, goo-goo. Oh, man. Deacon said, I can't, do, I can't do none of that, Apostle. So you say, Apostle, what you're driving at? Understand that the word of God, if you want to understand the sound of my voice and the word of God just seem like low, like seem like laymen and woe and all that, then that's because of what's going on inside of you. Change what's going on inside of you and watch and see don't the word of God be sweet to you. Word of God is sweet to me. I, one, of the, my, one of my favorite parts of the day is coming down and, and, and praising God and having a chance that the preaching teaches word. Oh, my gosh, it's sweet to me. Some of y'all, laymen, what is it? Words of what? Laymen, mourning, and woe. Some things that, that, that feel good to some people is an irritation to other people. And, and a lot of that has to do with you. Now, Ezekiel said the word tasted like, tasted sweet as honey in my mouth. Sweet. He said to me, son of man, go now to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. You are not being sent to a people of obscure speech. In other words, a people that ain't going to understand what you're saying or of difficult language, but to the house of Israel, not to many peoples of obscure speech and difficult language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I sent you to them, they would have listened to you. That's amazing. And I find that to be the case. Oh, man, I go to some other countries where folk can't even hardly understand what I'm talking about, man. Folk be listening. Folk be all tuned in. But right here with you all that understand clearly what I got to say. A lot of y'all be like, man, nobody trying to hear that stuff. Same thing with Ezekiel. God said, if I sent you to some folk that didn't understand what you were talking about, they would have listened to you. God said, let me send you, let me send you away from these Israelites and see the response of your ministry. <laughs> God said the same thing to me. God said, Robert, let me get you out in the United States and see how you treat it in other countries. That's one of the reasons I love to go. God said, if I had sent you to some folk that didn't understand what you were talking about, they'd have been all over. They'd have been on like white on rice. But the house of Israel is not willing to listen to you. God said, here's why. God said, let me show you what the real root of their problem is. Because they don't want to listen. What? To me. See, if you're out there, you don't want to listen to God, then I ain't no need of me getting too, too bent out of shape if you won't listen to me. Because all I'm here to do is, is, is to echo what God got to say. You out there on the sound of my voice, you won't never study God's word. You won't never spend no whole lot of time uh, uh, seeking the face of God and trying to find out what God say. Then I, I know what I'm talking about going to be an irritation to you because it ain't even something. It ain't even hearing from God. ain't even something you trying to do. But for those of you all out there that be in your free time, you studying, in your free time, you checking to see and really want you hungering and thirsting after righteousness, then you come right down here and you'll get yourself filled. I didn't know what was going on this this. You know, one of the saints had to, had to, had to mention to me, I didn't know what was going on this, this past week. 
week before that, we had about 1,200, 1,300 downloads. Oh, man, y'all. And the week before that, we had about another 1,200 downloads. Oh, y'all, man, y'all was listening. Y'all was tuning in. I don't know. Maybe it was a snowstorm. I had some of y'all boxed in the house. You couldn't be out just doing all the running and ripping you want to do. But this, this past week, we had 39. I was like, what is going on? Down from 1,200, 1, the last couple of two weeks, down to 39. I don't know. God said the house of Israel is not willing to listen to you because they're not willing to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hardened and obstinate. Now, this is what we don't want to. We don't want to be like this before God. Don't let God catch you hardened and obstinate. Because God knows how to break that up. God knows how to bust up that ground. Hardened and obstinate people, the scripture says in Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs, though you grind a fool in mortar, you will not remove his folly from him. See, you don't want to position yourself so that God got to grind you in mortar. You got a pedestal and a mortar. And that's what they used to put stuff in. And they take the pedestal and the mortar and they just grind it in there and break it down. Stuff get hard, stuff, and they take it and grind it in there. The scriptures say you grind a fool. You can put a fool down in there, grind him, grind him in a mortar. You still won't get the foolishness out of him. So what that means is that God got to keep you in a state of hard knocks. Hard, it's a hard knock life for you. It's hard knock life when you're foolish. Hey, you said, Apostle, come on now. What you say? Hey, don't don't be foolish. Don't have God have to keep telling you the same thing over and over. Just go on and submit. I know we live in a generation where, and especially in America, where we feel like the rebel is cool, kick against, buck against. That ain't God. That's a good way to get yourself sent to hell. Ain't nothing cute about that. Make for a hard knock life for you. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Hell. See, God got an answer for a whole lot of crazy stuff. Whole lot. God don't even, look, God don't even spend a whole lot of time on a whole lot of crazy stuff. Hell. You'd be like, well, I just felt like marrying a man was all right. Hell. Well, I just felt like having sex with it. Hell. It, it, you come in with some crazy stuff. So what we got to do? We got to fix that stuff because we bring that mess to God and keep trying to hold on to it. Hell. Those who cling, Jonah said, Jonah 2, don't, though Jonah chapter 2, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs, but I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. God be saying, look, turn that loose now. Don't keep being crazy. Don't keep playing. I ain't going to turn loose. Lord, you can't make me. God said, what? You, you say, what? Hold up. <laughs> God be like, hold up, hold up. Did you just say, I can't make you turn that loose? That's right. That's right. You ain't going to make me turn loose. No, You ain't going to make me give to the church. You ain't going to make me live for you. Uh-huh. Hell. Any, any sin that you ain't willing to turn loose. You run the risk of going to hell with that. I don't care what it is. Can't no lie. Nobody's going to tell me that I can't. Oh, you better watch that. No, oh, Lord, tell me. Tell me. Keep telling me. Irritate me telling me so much till I turn it loose. 
those who cling to Jonah chapter 2 up around verse 7, those who cling to worthless idols or fit the grace. God be saying, I could have stopped beating you a long time ago if you went on and did like I asked you, let that go. Let that sin go. Let that attitude go. God said, let me get it straight. I'm going to just have to beat you right on into the ground because you won't let that go. I watched a movie in there, Underworld. This character is supposed to have been like the first, the father of these two boys that was off the hook, a vampire. One was a vampire. The other one, I think, was a werewolf. And everybody in the movie was trying to tell this father that his son, they were twin boys, and the one that was a vampire, they were trying to tell him that he was a monster and he needed to kill him. His father was like, no matter what he does, he's still my son. Father, son, boy, run right in there and kill the father. Run right in there. Didn't want to let go, trying to keep right on. The boy was a monster. You got to know, know when your son is a son and when your son is a monster. Don't, parents get killed every day by children. Just like children getting killed every day by some parents somewhere, parents getting killed every day. You got to know when son is son and when son is monster, when daughter is daughter and when daughter is monster. No matter what he does, no matter what, he's my son. The boy run right in there, vampire, and kill him. But God said, look, this is my answer to a hard-haired bunch of people. Look at verse 8. I will make you as unyielding and as hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Sometimes it's all, listen now, so put this down in your ear. I'm going to have to preach this. Sometimes it's all right to have a hard head. Yeah, I want to be hard-headed in righteousness. If you can feel like it's all right to be hard-headed in wickedness, to be hard-headed in rebellion, then I'm going to feel like it's all right to be hard-headed in righteousness. Children of God, we ought to feel it's all right for us to be hard-headed. What do we God said, I'm going to make your head what? Harder than the hardest stone. Now, Ezekiel was hard-headed. Now, see, some people think that being hard-headed is, necessary, is negative, not always, depending on what you hard at. Just like people think being stubborn is negative, depending on what you're being stubborn about. Ain't nothing wrong with being stubborn in righteousness. Ain't nothing being hard-headed in righteousness. That means you're just not coming down off of what God told you to do. God said, I'm going to make your head, your forehead, harder like the hardest stone, harder than flint. So don't be afraid or terrified both by them though they are a rebellious house. What? They didn't believe him. They won't believe me. Yeah. God said, look, you know, you know, before you start thinking that your ministry is a failure, you need to hear from God in the early goings what he say your ministry going to be like. Then you, can, then you can tell whether it's a success or a failure. See, if God done already told you off the jump that your ministry is not going to be accepted by many in your generation, well, then when you start ministering and not many people want to accept you in your generation or not in your country or not in your nation, then you know you're batting a thousand. You're right where God told you to be. 
See, something is wrong. My, my thing would be if, if there was a whole lot of honor coming from you all in the United States, I mean, that's when I'd be a little, I'd be a little nervous up on it on. Because God said, now, I done told you that a prophet is without honor in his home, in his hometown, and in his own country. So when you look up and you minister and you be like, man, I ain't getting a whole lot of honor in my own country, you need to understand that that's you right on point for a true prophet. Paul was brought up in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit had to wake him up and say, quick, leave Jerusalem. They will not accept your testimony about me. Paul had to split. Jesus went back to Nazareth where he had been brought up. They tried to throw him off a cliff. So, so you, you know, my thing is, you know, you the pattern, pattern. This is the pattern that great men and great men of God have had. This is the road they have had to go down. Now, if I'm traveling down a different road, then I know, I know something is what? Wrong. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify. We exalt you. We appreciate you, Father, for everything that you have shared in our midst this evening, Father. May your people have been blessed at the preaching and teaching of your word. May souls have been edified, uplifted, encouraged. May souls have also been saved, Father, at the selfsame word. Forgive us of our iniquities and our sins, Father, which we have grievously committed against you. And we ask, Father, that you lead and guide us continually in your path of righteousness for your name's sake. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Let God's people say amen. Three questions. Come on, somebody. Three things that can tear us up. Three things that can tear us up. Question two. Two types of rebellion. Very good question. Two types of rebellion. Question three. Where's the question three person? Why? Well, explain why the Israelites didn't really want to hear Ezekiel. Good. Good questions. Saints, very good questions. Very good questions. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensonchurch at gmail.com. Check our website, www.ourchurch.com, backslash, member backslash, backslash, tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try to 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christmas and Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent using the donation button on the church website for our TalkShoe page. God bless you and heaven smile you. In Jesus' name, amen.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.